Good evening, church. Tonight is September 5th, 2018. This is the final message in our Big and Bold series. And this sermon is going to be entitled, Big Hunger, Bold Leadership. Big Hunger, Bold Leadership. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 14. Say there when you are there. It says this. It says, for Christ's love compels us. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, compels us. Because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves. In our first sermon in the series, Big Love, Bold Leadership, we talk about how the love of Christ is supposed to compel us in everything that we do. Turn with me to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1, and we're going to start in verse 10. Come on, y'all stay with me here. In verse 10, it says this, and we pray this in order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord. Yeah, we, this is, I'm telling you, this is the kind of verse in my life right now that just makes me want to be like, amen, that's enough. Let me go meditate on that for the next uh, few years because to live a life worthy of the Lord and that we may please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work. Growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to His glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience, and joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light. For He has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son He loves. Man, these are important principles for us to remember from what the Lord has been speaking to us over the last few weeks in our sermon about big obstacles and bold leadership. Come on, somebody say, it all starts with me. me. Yeah, the problem isn't your obstacles that you have in your life. The problem isn't the difficulties that you're encountering. The problem is, is that we need to start with ourselves and make sure and examine what we're doing so that we can be strong in our leadership, in our homes, in our lives, on our jobs, with our children, with our spouses. In Hebrews chapter 10, in verse 35, it says this. So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what He has promised. When do you get the promise? After you've done the will of the Lord. Man, if you forget that principle, if you're looking for the promise yet and you haven't done the will of the Lord, you'll never actually see what God has for you. You'll never receive the promise. For in just a very little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. But my righteous one will live by faith. Well, that's easy to say and more difficult to do, isn't it? And if he shrinks back, I will not be pleased with him. But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but we are those who believe and are saved. Can you say amen in this place tonight? In our sermon from Sunday, big attitude, bold leadership. We learn the importance of having an overcoming, victorious, conquering attitude. We're supposed to have the same attitude as that of Jesus Christ. Come on now, this this is all, it almost feels like a home meeting in this place tonight. So we're gonna, we're gonna just talk to each other a little bit. How you doing in having a big attitude? How you doing in having the same attitude that Jesus Christ had? That is our goal. That is what we are shooting for. That is what is required of us. You have to have the right kind of attitude, the exact same attitude that Jesus Christ had. There were some things that we covered. If you weren't here this weekend because you were traveling, I encourage you to listen to the sermon because I think it's the right word for us. I think this series has been at the right time for us. 
We learn things like Moses who said, not a hoof is going to be left behind. Come on, that should still be stirring in your soul. If you've forgotten that since Sunday, shame on you and get back to it. Not a hoof should be left behind. What has God promised you? Then go after every bit of it. Don't you leave one thing out. No compromise. We even learned that Jesus said things like, you go tell that fox. Jesus said, you go tell that fox, I'm going to keep doing exactly what I'm doing today, tomorrow, and on the third day, I'm going to, I'm going to get to my goal. Man, these are important things. We learned that Elisha had the kind of attitude that said, uh, yeah, if uh, King Jehoshaphat wouldn't be here, I wouldn't even be talking to you. Wow, what a way to talk to kings, right? We learned that Moses was uncompromising. We learned that Elisha did not set his standards according to earthly thought processes. We learned in Nehemiah, should a man like me run away from the very presence of the Lord? You want me to go run and hide somewhere? That's not who we are and that's not what we do. LCM is developing the most loving husbands, the most tender fathers, and the most savage of lion killers. That's the kind of attitude that the Lord is calling us to have. Each and every one. Each and every one of us are supposed to to have this kind of attitude. Can you tell what we've been driving at? (laughs) We are in desperate need of bold leadership in our homes, our jobs, our very lives. This series has had a focus on raising up leaders and raising the level of leadership within each home and within this church as a whole. We want each of you to be able to be confident to hear from the Lord for the direction of your life and for the trajectory for your entire family and for the generations. It's one thing to try to just get yourself in order, isn't it? That's a big enough task. Sometimes that's about all the tasks that I can handle in a given day. Just trying to get myself pointed in the right direction. But that's not all all that I'm allowed to focus on because I have a wife and children. We have you guys. We have each other. I'm supposed to be able to do and have this right kind of leadership for me and that will span the generations. Can I tell you that this is much more difficult than just trying to figure out your own life? What a low level of living many Christians have. Lord, just bless me. Lord, just take care of my business. Can I tell you, it's a difficult task when you start thinking not just about yourself, but about your family, making sure that they exceed you and are propelled beyond you in every way, and then the generations beyond them. But it is such a worthy pursuit. This is what the Lord has been calling this church to. He's been telling it to us over and over again. He encouraged us before this with a series on faithfulness. He's telling us now that we need bold leadership. This is exactly what he's speaking to us. How are you doing listening to the Lord? How are you doing putting this into practice? We don't come for you to hear eloquent sermons. We come to be challenged when we're together that we might go out there and perform what we've practiced in here. This is the practice round. This is just us getting together, remind each other that that someone else is in the fight with us. This is us just getting together and going... Yeah. Amen. You're doing it. Okay. You're doing it. Okay. Good. We can keep going together. We have to have this understanding of what the Lord is actually speaking to us. This idea of strengthening families through generations. Come on. Let's see what the word of the Lord has for us tonight. Turn to Deuteronomy chapter eight with me. We're going to begin in the law. And by the time we're done, we're going to hit every major section of the Bible to see what God's word is speaking to us tonight. 
I don't know if it's that I sound loud or you sound quiet tonight, but we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna rock this out tonight. We're going to move forward for what God has for us. In Deuteronomy chapter 8, let's begin in verse 1. Say there when you are there. That doesn't mean, just mean that you found it in your Bible. That means you're ready to receive from the Lord God Almighty. It says be careful to follow some of the commands that I'm giving you today. Be careful to follow every command that I'm giving to you today. So that you may live and increase and may enter and possess the land that the Lord promised on oath to your forefathers. God promises, and you know what the children of Israel had to do? They had to go fight for it. We can rest assured and rest assured in what the promise of the Lord is, but do you understand we got to go fight for it? He's saying, I will be with you. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will be there for you. And you got to go do it. He's the kind of God that says, I'm going to give you peace. Now go fight for it. Wait, that seems kind of contradictory. But it's not in the kingdom. This is the kingdom methodology. It is the kingdom mentality. He promised on oath. Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the desert these 40 years to humble you. Turn to your neighbor say, to humble me. And to test you. Turn to the other neighbor you didn't want to talk to and say, to test you. In order to know what was in your heart. I love the fact that the Lord our God knows what's in our heart by watching our actions. Somehow we've divorced ourselves from that thought in our day and time. But my heart was good. My heart was right. My actions, terrible. But me really down deep, I was, I was really, I was really right about this. The Lord does not approve of that line of thinking. He's saying, I'm going to humble you and test you. Why? So I can see and you can see what's really in your heart. How you doing when the Lord humbles you? Anybody been humbled lately? Anybody been humbled today? Yeah. He humbles you in order to test you so he can know what's in your heart. Why? Because it's going to come and be the overflow of your life. If you actually love the Lord when the things get difficult, that is going to show in your actions, in what you do, in what you say. Whether or not you would keep his commands. Verse 3, he humbled you. Well, there it is again. God humbled you, causing you to hunger. You know what the humbling is supposed to cause in you? It's supposed to cause a hunger in you. When God humbles you, you know what it's supposed to do? It's supposed to remind you that you don't have everything you need by yourself. It's supposed to remind you, lest we get so comfortable in, in achieving things by our own strength, by our own right hand. He's saying, I'm going to humble you. Man, I don't like that. I'd rather, uh, I'd rather choose when I'm going to be humbled. I'd rather humble myself to the level that I think that I need to be humbled. But he says, I'm going to humble you. And it's going to cause you to hunger. I got to tell you something tonight. I have this burning desire. This, this, I think the Lord has put it into my soul about us having the right kind of hunger for the Lord. Man, I've, I've just got a taste that's going on in, in my spirit and, and it, and it's not going to be satisfied with anything else. It's not going to be enough just to get a little bit of his presence. I'm really, really, really getting a hunger for the Lord. What about you? How is your hunger? 
The Lord is humbling us to cause you to hunger and then feeding you with manna. Wow. What an interesting way for the Lord to handle us. I'm going to humble you. You're supposed to get hungry and then I can feed you. If he doesn't humble you, then you get hungry for other things and you go find another source for your sustenance. What do you do when kids are little? You know that you're not supposed to feed them and they're not supposed to snack. Why? Because it will spoil their dinner. It will spoil what they're supposed to be hungry for. What are you snacking on? What are you eating that's that's kind of satisfying that itch? Instead of going to the Word and being hungry for the Word, are you allowing other things to get in there? Are you allowing other pursuits for you to satisfy your hunger instead of what God is doing? He humbled them, caused them to hunger, fed you with manna, which neither you nor your fathers had known. You know what the Lord is always looking to do? Give you something fresh from the heavens. To teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. He's trying to teach you something. He's trying to show you that it's not just the physical realm that matters, but you need to get and have a word from the Lord. You need to have the very Spirit of God at work in your life, because that's the only thing that really matters. Man, I've heard people say that my whole life. I have to be honest with you as my family and my friends here in this place. I'm finally starting to get to a place where I really am starting to understand that at a different level. God, what do I have but you? I don't have anything but you. I don't have anything but your word. I don't have anything but your spirit. If you don't come and move in my life, Lord, I don't have anything. I've got this taste that's in my mouth and only your presence can satisfy it. Nothing else will just quite do anymore like it used to do. I used to be able to be satisfied eating on something else, but now I can't because I'm, I'm, I'm spoiled in your presence. I love your word. It's doing something on the inside of me and changing me. How is your hunger tonight? Are you allowing other things to fill you? Well, pastor, we're busy. How hungry are you for the very presence and the very spirit of the Lord? Hungry for his help, hungry for his relief, hungry for his presence. You know, in Proverbs 27, 7, it says this, he who is full loathes honey, but to the hungry, even what is bitter tastes sweet. Boy, don't you love the Proverbs? To the hungry, even what is bitter tastes sweet. You ever been that hungry? Gone for some days and you're like, yeah, I'll take anything right now. I'm just, just, I need food. That was, that was really good, hon. I'm not quite sure sometimes if it was really good or just I was that hungry. But either way, somebody gets a compliment. If you're so full on the things of the world, if you're so satisfied looking to someone else or desiring something else, even honey will taste terrible to you. You will loathe it. But when you're hungry for the things of the Lord, even the most bitter of circumstances starts to taste a little sweet to you. There's something that can be even satisfying in the most bitter of circumstances, the most difficult of surroundings. We can go ahead and go, man, that was a really tough day. And you know what? Boy, it's still kind of sweet to my taste buds. You know why? Because I'm just that hungry for his presence. Man, today was a terrible day. You know what? still kind of sweet in my mouth. 
It's still better than where I was before. This is still what I have to be after. What is going on in your life now that you need to awaken a hunger in your soul? Did you hear the worship tonight? Did you hear the words that came forth? There's something about us. The Lord is trying to stir us to awaken our hunger. To get your hunger moving and get it going. This hunger gives us the opportunity to be fed from the heavens. To be taught that mere food isn't the goal. Rather, it's God's word. It's God's spirit that we are supposed to long for. (laughs) It's God's spirit that's always the primary ingredient and the leadership we need anyway. Turn with me to Galatians chapter 3. Everyone, turn with me to Galatians chapter 3. Let's look at verse 2. Galatians 3, 2. It says this, I would like to learn just one thing from you. Now we're picking it up in the middle of a conversation, but doesn't that start to pique your interest immediately? Yeah, I just got one question. I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the Spirit by observing the law or by, by, by believing what you heard? Verse 3, are you so foolish? After beginning with the Spirit, are you now trying to attain your goal by human effort? That stings. If you are actually honest with yourself and look at that and go, in what areas in your life have you begun something by the Spirit? You got moved on by the Spirit. You got filled with His presence. You dove into His Word. And now are you trying to figure out the rest of the details on your own? Thanks, Lord, for the kickstart. I got it from here. Thanks, Lord, for for moving in my heart the other day. I'll take it from here for the rest of the week till I see you again. Are we so foolish to think that we can finish something that started in the Spirit by accomplishing it in our flesh? Well, when we put it like that, there's no other answer that you can give, but of course not. But if you look at our, if we look at our actions at times, what does it show? We're absolutely trying to, we're absolutely trying to do it in the flesh. We're struggling through our day. We're living less than what God has for us. Why? Because we're struggling to finish something in the flesh that should be being done in the spirit. Well, pastor, I gotta go to work. Yeah, and you should be doing it by the power of the spirit when you go to work. You think your labor is something different from what God has assigned to you? You don't think he's using that to work things out in you and through you and in spite of you? Of course he is. Don't be foolish enough to try to finish in the flesh what we should be doing with our hunger for the things of the spirit. Man, it's easy to forget these things. It's easy to forget because we lose our hunger after a while. I was talking with Treester before service. He's like, hey, ever been to a, a favorite restaurant and you go there and you go there and you go there and then somehow you just stop going? You just, you just drift away from that place. You just, you don't go anymore. You have a favorite thing that you used to do and now you just kind of forgot about it. How is it that we could forget something that's a favorite? I don't know. Probably the same way that we can forget that we need to be operating in the spirit only and not in the flesh. Probably that same way, that familiarity, we kind of just drift off. Are you here in a church like this one? It's almost like a buffet, a spiritual buffet. You just roll up. You could just reach out anywhere you want and grab something. You're not worried about your hunger because you're just assuming that it's always going to be there. 
The food is just there. We're just going to show up and somebody's going to have something. Man, my brothers or sisters, they'll have something. We need to be hungry for the very presence of God. First Corinthians chapter 14, since we're close. First Corinthians chapter 14 in verse one. What does it say? It says this. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. I used to have this verse on my mirror at the house. Because I realized that if I don't put things before my eyes, that I I have a tendency to be unfaithful to the Lord. I forget Even things that are important, I forget. So I had this one that I was supposed to eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. You know what I do to try to put, to keep my hunger right for the Lord? I have a list of everyone in this church that I read through every single day and I pray for you. I think about you. I'm trying to measure where you are. I'm asking that the Lord will give me something for you. I'm asking that the Lord will move on your behalf. You know why? Because if I don't, I may forget even though you're very important. How are you doing? What are you doing to stir up the hunger on the inside of you? Look at Isaiah chapter 26. Isaiah chapter 26. And we're going to look at verse 8. Listen to this. I want you to pretend like you haven't heard these verses that I'm about to read these next few verses in these next few passages. I want you to not finish the verses in your mind before we get there. Isaiah chapter 26, beginning in verse 8. Are you there? It says this, yes, Lord. Come on, somebody say, yes, Lord. Lord. Walking in the way of your laws, we wait for you. Your name and renown are the desire of our hearts. My soul yearns for you in the night. In the morning, my spirit longs for you. Folks, when's the last time that you could say that your pursuit of the Lord can be typified by the words yearning and longing? I'm not trying to put us down today. I'm trying to stir something up within us. My soul longs for you in the nighttime. The same kind of longing when a husband and wife are separated from each other, they just long to see each other again. The same kind of longing when a parent has sent a child off somewhere and they're waiting for them to get back just because they just miss their presence. They miss their laughter. They miss their, 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 them running around the house. There's a longing that's there to see somebody. When's the last time that you were just longing to get in God's presence? When was the last time you were yearning like nothing else is really going to get to this? I've got to get in God's presence. I've got to shut everybody else out. I've got to close the door. I've got to turn off my phone. I've got to yearn. I'm yearning for the presence of God. These are not difficult concepts for us to, uh, us to understand. What I'm trying to say is, are you yearning? Are you longing for Him or not? Are you hungry for Him? I want to be more hungry for the Lord. In keeping with this, turn to Psalm 63. We saw us to be hungry for the Lord in there in Deuteronomy. 
We saw that we are yearning and hungry for the Lord in Isaiah. In Psalm 63, this verse wrecked me last night. It absolutely decimated my heart last night. And I pray that it decimates yours as well. Psalm 63 verse 1, are you there? It says, O God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. When you're earnest about seeking something, what is it saying? I'm really, really genuine about this. I really need you to speak to me, Lord. I really need you to clarify. I really need you to strengthen. I really just need you to be close to me right now. My soul thirsts for you. My body longs for you. In a dry and a weary land where there is no water. We are supposed to be hungry for the Lord like a person lost in a desert is desiring to have the next drop of water. My whole being, my whole soul, Lord, everything about me is longing for your presence. I know you moved in my life yesterday. I know you were here last week. And I'm so very grateful for that. But what it's doing is it's actually producing more of a hunger for you. And I need you more in my life. I need you to be closer to me now than you were yesterday. I don't want to stand here and have one day in my entire life prior to this where I was closer to the Lord than I am right now. I don't want to have that. I don't settle for that. You don't have to settle for some other period somewhere in the past where God was moving and now He doesn't seem to move as much in you. Maybe He's testing you and humbling you so you'll get hungry for Him. We fight every at every turn, most of us. We fight at every turn when the Lord is actually humbling us. We question our very existence on this planet. Lord, why have you forsaken me? Maybe he's just humbling you so you get hungry for him. Maybe he's tired of you trying to do it in your flesh and failing. And he's saying, I've got the answer. All you have to do is be hungry for it and I will lavish it upon you. My soul thirsts for you. It longs for you, Lord. Verse 2, I have seen you in the sanctuary. And I've beheld your power and your glory. Can't we say that here as as a part of this church? Lord, I've seen you in this sanctuary. I've seen you in the homes in, in this church. I've beheld your very power and I've felt and I've seen your glory in this place. We have seen the dead raised. We've seen the demon possessed set free. We've seen every possible thing that the Bible has said that we can see. We've seen it in this sanctuary. I've seen it. I've beheld it. Because your love is better than life. Wow. My lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live. And in your name I will lift up my hands. My soul will be satisfied, listen to this, as with the richest of foods. My soul, it doesn't say my soul will be satisfied with the richest of foods. He's saying that in the presence of God, it'll be like the most, whatever your favorite is, the most perfectly cooked steak that has ever been served. 
the most tender and perfect piece of sushi. (sighs) Fatty tuna with fresh wasabi. I'm getting hungry. Isn't that what we're supposed to be able to do? Isn't that an interesting characteristic in a human being? You can start talking about food and you start to long for the food. If, it's, if, it, if I didn't pick your favorite, then we could keep going and pick your favorite. But you start thinking about food and what happens? You can start getting hungry. I'm merely trying to encourage you with the word of God tonight that you might stir up the hunger that's within you and not let that lay dormant within you. And not go about your day. This cannot be only about duty. We want to have faithfulness in this house. We want to do the work of the Lord. But I'm telling you tonight, I want to have a hunger when I'm doing it. I want to have something that is driving me towards the very presence of God. Let's keep going in Psalm 63, um, verse 5. My soul will be satisfied as with the richest of foods. With singing lips, my mouth will praise you. On my bed, I remember you. If you're like me, you hit the bed, that may be the last thing that you think about. I can go to sleep sometimes before my head actually hits the pillow. On the way down, boom, I'm already out. Here it says, the psalmist is saying, on you, I, I, on my bed, I remember you. I think of you through the watches of the night. When was the last time you just woke up thinking about the Lord in the middle of the night? When was the last time when you got up to go get a glass of water, you just said... I could steal a few minutes with you here, Lord. Man, it's awful quiet. My day doesn't get quiet. My mind doesn't get quiet. But now I can steal some time with you because I'm hungry for you. I need you more than I need a midnight snack. I need the presence of the Lord. Because you are my help, I sing in the shadow of your wings. My soul clings to you. Your right hand upholds me. Do you see how this interplay When you're clinging to the Lord, he reminds you that he is going to uphold you and help you. He is going to help you to have that right attitude. But we've got to stir up a hunger on the inside of us. If you want to have the right kind of leadership that leads your home now and into the future. For all the days that are there. You have to have a hunger that's developed. You have to stir something up within you. Let's turn to Lamentations chapter 2. Come on, Lamentations. Lamentations chapter 2. It says this in verse 19. Lamentations 2, 19. It says, Arise, cry out in the night. (laughs) Anybody ever had a child that was sick that cried out in the middle of the night? Or injured and cried out in the middle of the night. Well, there's nothing quite like that kind of a cry in the middle of the night that stirs the soul of a parent. There's nothing that's quite like that. Jolting, jarring. Arise, cry out in the night as the watches of the night begin. Pour out your heart like water. When was the last time you you poured out your heart like water? What's the point? If you pour out your heart like water, the idea is that there's nothing left, that it's uncontainable, that it's not restrained in any way. 
I tend to be a restrained person. I know it may not look this way tonight. Emotionally, I, I kind of I kind of am a measured human being. In case you all hadn't figured that part out. This is not something where your personality is supposed to influence your hunger for the Lord. The word of God, I want to reflect this verse in every way. I want to pour out my heart like water. I don't want to try to stop it. I don't want to try to restrain it. I don't want to try to look good for you. I just want to pour out my heart before the Lord. I just want to pour it out like a drink offering before him. Every last drop, every last bit, the things I like about me, the things I don't like about me, the things I'm proud of, the things I'm ashamed of, I have to pour it out like water before him. In the presence of the Lord, lift up your hands to him for the lives of your children who faint from hunger at the head of every street. Come on, are you fainting tonight? Because you've been detached from the sustenance of God's presence? Are your children fainting from hunger? It's time to cry out and pour out your heart like water. Bold leadership in our homes demands that we pour out our hearts. It demands it of us. That we keep and cultivate a big hunger. Turn back to Proverbs with me. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 16. And God help us tonight if we only talk about hunger. God help us tonight. God help us tonight if we don't, if we aren't moved in our souls. I am not here to compel you with the with the most effective, well crafted sermon that has ever been spoken. I'm not the right guy for that. What I'm trying to do is share something with you that God has been moving my heart with. He's saying, wait, are you hungry for me? Well, Lord, I'm reading my Bible. I'm st- are you hungry for me? Are you longing for my presence? And my answer to the Lord was not enough. Not enough, Lord. Please forgive me and help me to be hungry for you. In Proverbs chapter 16, verse 26, it says this, the laborer's appetite works for him. His hunger drives him on. What's driving you tonight? It'll be your hunger for something, I promise you. Listen to this verse. This is not one that is in my normal set of verses that I, that I see. I'm sure that I've read it a hundred times. It felt like it was brand new, and if you would have told me it was in the Word, I would have trusted you, but had to go verify myself. The laborer's appetite works for him. His hunger drives him on. That makes sense, doesn't it? If you've got mouths to feed, you've got to go out and work. If you've got responsibilities, you have to go work. The Bible says if you don't work, you don't eat. It's pushing us to do this. Your hunger is supposed to drive you on. That's what it's supposed to do. If you are hungry, you will be driven to do the works that God has prepared in advance for you to do. If you're hungry, it will act as a force to propel you, to move you. 
Something on the inside that starts a fire that makes you move forward because it drives you. And if you are driven, it is proving that you have a hunger. And what you are driven towards is showing what you are actually hungry for. If you are driven in the things of the Lord, then it means that you are, in fact, learning how to be hungry for His Word and hungry for His Spirit. This church talks a lot about masculine holiness. And we should. We can't do it enough. If you think we do it too much, you're not right. But hunger plus work can be a great definition of what masculine holiness is. When we have something on the inside of us that's moving us. Lord, I am so grateful. This is not because I'm ungrateful. This is because I'm hungry for you. I want more of you. You say that I can go after you as much as I want. I'm actually reminded as I say that I know of at least a few people in here. That the Lord has said, I I will bless you as much as you go after me, I will fill you. Specifically, a specific word, not as a generic thing, specifically to men in this room. How hungry are you? How much of the Lord do you want? How much is enough for you? Let's turn to John chapter 4. John chapter 4. Let's look at verse 34. Look at what Jesus says here. My food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. What's he saying? He's saying, I'm hungry to do the will of the Father. And because I'm hungry, my Father is going to feed me. My food, my sustenance. It's, It's almost like he understands what Deuteronomy 8 says, where we started off our evening tonight. Man does not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. He's saying, the food that I have is to do the will of the Father. Man, he was always full of the Spirit. Jesus had the Spirit in its fullness. Why? Because he was always hungry to do the will of the Lord. The proportion of your hunger is going to be the proportion that God gets to fill you. Think about in Matthew chapter 5, verse 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be... Alright, we're going to do it again. You need, to, you need to do better on that. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be... You're going to be filled if you're hungry. You're going to be filled with the right kind of things, with His very presence. In Hebrews chapter 5... In verse 14, it says this, but solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Anybody need help with their discernment here in this place? You know how you get that discernment? Solid food is for the mature. When you are hungry for God's Word, when you are hungry for His Spirit, when you dive into it, when you look to it as the source, when you're longing for it, when you stop looking anywhere else for the answers that you need, you're able to have solid food. You're able to be trained in the things of God by constant use. You are able to distinguish good from evil. Well, that seems like that would be an easy distinguishing distinguishment, isn't it? Hey, is this good or evil? 
Yeah, sometimes I don't know in my life. I'm trying to figure out the will of the Lord, and it's like, I don't know what to do. Do I go right or left? I don't know. Until you get constant use in the word, and then it becomes, wow, that one's awesome. That one's terrible. Through constant use, but that requires us to stay hungry for the Lord. Come on, do you need help tonight? Do you need to be blessed? Do you need to be hungry tonight? Let's turn to Isaiah chapter 55. Isaiah 55. And verse 1. Isaiah 55, 1 says this, Come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come buy and eat. How are we supposed to come buy and eat if we don't have money? Because this is not a monetary issue. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread? Why do we spend money on things that are not actually sustaining? And your labor on what does not satisfy. Man, we ended our worship time tonight with the, with the concept, with the, uh, the refrain of only you satisfy. Only you can satisfy my soul, Lord. Listen, listen to me and eat what is good and your soul will delight in the richest affair. Do what the Lord has for us to do. Turn to Re- uh, Revelation chapter 22. Revelation chapter 22. And we're going to read verse 17 together. We're going to see that not only did the prophet Isaiah in 700 BC declare this, but we also see the apostle John showing us the very same things. That at the end of the ages, in Revelation 20, we're almost to the end of the entirety of the book. Revelation 22, 17 says this, the spirit and the bride say, come. Did you guys have a dinner bell? How did you get announced for dinner at your house when you were a kid? The old clang, clang, clang triangle outside. Dinner! Come downstairs! There was something that called out to you that says, it's now time to eat. It's now time to satisfy that hunger that you have. The spirit And the bride say, come. And let him who hears say, come. Whoever is thirsty, whoever is hungry, whoever is in need of the Lord, let him come. And whoever wishes, let him take the free gift of the very presence of God. The free gift of the water of life. How hungry, how thirsty are we tonight? Turn to John chapter 6. John chapter 6 and verse 35. John 6.35 says this, Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry. You know why we don't go hungry? Because he keeps us completely filled. And he who believes in me will never be thirsty. You know why? Because when we bring our hungriness to him, he fills that hunger. He fills and satisfies that thirst. We don't have, but we keep coming to him that he might fill us. We keep coming to the presence of God that it might fill us again and again and again. I am the bread of life. He is the bread that came down from heaven. He humbles us 
so that we might hunger. And then he feeds us with his very presence. He feeds us with himself. He's setting this up for our victory to humble, to hunger, that we might feed in his presence, that we might have his very spirit and his very word alive and active in us and in every way. Let's turn to John chapter 3 since we're real close. John chapter 3 and verse 34. For the one whom God has sent speaks the word of God. For God gives the spirit without limit. How much of the spirit do you need? Because he can give it to you. He will give his spirit without limit. But can I tell you that right now in this this vessel, when God pours in, sometimes I, I, I kind of spring a leak. Sometimes that, that it wanes, what God put in there, it, it dissipates somehow in me. It's not his fault, but it's definitely me. So you know what I have to keep coming in and doing? If he's going to give the spirit without limit, sometimes we look at that as going, well, you know, I don't have a container big enough for without limit. But if we keep coming to him, showing him our hunger, he constantly just fills us in an unending stream that we might actually have rivers of living water flowing from within us out to the people that need it around us. If God gives a spirit without limit, why do we limit the spirit? If he gives us, if we have no excuse for him not to pour into us any amount that we need, every amount that we could ever hope to have, in a constant, unending flow. Why do we not go to Him? Why are we not hungry enough to stay in that flow? Because we lose our hunger. We lose that necessity for Him to come in and move in our presence and in our lives. If we are led by the Spirit of God, we are, in fact, the sons and daughters of God. Those who are led by the Spirit are sons of God. I need every bit of His Spirit to help me and to lead me in every way, every single day. I am growing, even as your pastor, I'm growing every day. I can look back a year and go and realize that I'm stronger, that I know more than I did then, and that I don't intend to ever stop that. Because I want to show that I'm a son of the Most High God. We have an obligation to stay hungry. We have an obligation to get in His presence. We have an obligation not to the flesh, but to live according to the Spirit. Let's turn to Luke chapter 24. We're getting close to our ending point here because the last thing that I want to do is talk to you about hunger all night. I want to give you an opportunity to have your hunger stirred in this place. To have whatever hunger that you may have fanned into a flame. Whatever little longing that you may have that it becomes something that your soul longs for. That your body cries out for. That... You can't help but go after him in a new kind of way. In Luke chapter 24, let's look at verse 45. Luke 24 and verse 45. 
He had just shown him and proved everything about himself from the law, from the prophets, and from the Psalms. And then he opened their minds so they can understand the Scripture. I'm in amazement at what some of you guys get in this church. It shows me that he's opening your mind so that you can understand the Scriptures. He told them, this is what is written. The Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in His name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. Yeah, because this whole plan started in Jerusalem, and it's going to end back in Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I am going to send you what my Father has promised. But stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. Come on, I'm hungry tonight to be clothed with the power of His Holy Spirit. I am hungry to have His gifts in operation in this place today. I'm hungry for Him to move in your life in different ways. I'm hungry to watch you be eager for the spiritual gifts, especially a gift of prophecy. I'm hungry for some of those in here who the Lord has done incredible things for you to be renewed in your spirit. If the Lord moved upon you, if He's visited you with His presence, with His very spirit, and you have walked away from that, you have muted that, you have neglected that, tonight is a night for you to come back alive in these areas. It's amazing to me that this church would, I think our church would be ten times the size that we are if everyone who has ever come through these doors, been saved, had demons cast out, been spirit-filled, if they all showed up, I don't think we could handle it. There's, we don't have a room big enough to handle it. But many get touched by the Lord and they lose their hunger and they lose the presence of God. They are not waiting. They are not clothed with power. They are not walking in the power. They show no hunger for the Lord. As many things as we can do for you as a church, we can't make you hungry. We can't cause a desire to rise up within you that you might go after Him with all you have. And if you think you're going after Him with all you have, then tonight you need to evaluate that and say, Lord, have I kept anything back for myself? Am I really pouring out my heart like water? Because if I'm not, that's what I want to do, Lord. Let me pour out my heart like water before you. Let me show you my hunger. God says He's going to send what He's promised. Turn to John chapter 7. John chapter 7. Very familiar passage. It says this in verse 37. On the last and the greatest day of the feast... Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me as the Scripture has said. You don't get to decide how you're going to believe in the Lord. You don't get to determine which of, the, which of the, uh, His mandates you're going to follow. Whoever believes in me as the Scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from within him. By this he meant the Spirit whom those who believed in Him were later to receive. Up to that time, the Spirit had not been given, since Jesus had not yet been glorified. 
Turn with me to one of the last scriptures that we'll turn to together. Micah chapter 3. Micah chapter 3. And let's look at verse 8. It says this, but as for me, I am filled with power. But as for me, I am filled with power. Where does that power come from? With the spirit of the very sovereign Lord that's resting upon me. I am filled with power, with justice and with might to declare to Jacob his transgression, to Israel his sin. Can you say like the prophet here that you are filled with power? Can you walk in a power that allows you to overcome the sin, the weakness, the struggle, the sin and the weights that easily entangle and and set us aside? We can set those things aside. Are you walking in power? As for me, I want to be filled with power tonight. I want you to be filled with power tonight. I know that we have people in this room who are not walking in overcoming power. I know it. And the Lord is here to help you. He's here to say, why are you hungry for other things but me? Why are you allowing something else to satisfy you? Because the truth is, is it's not satisfying you anyway. It's keeping you from being hungry for the real thing. You're taking the cheap, fake product instead of the real deal. And are you living, are you walking in power tonight? Are you walking as a victorious, overcoming, conquering child of the king? Are you more than a conqueror tonight? Because if you're not, if you'll allow him, if you'll stir up the hunger within you, he can change you tonight. He can move upon you tonight if you've been saved for 20 years. If you've been saved for 20 minutes, He can move on you tonight. He can give you the Spirit without limit. Did you get filled once and that's been enough for you lately? Is a little sprinkling during a worship service enough to keep you satisfied? Or are you hungry and thirsty for Him? He's stirring us tonight, church. He's stirring you tonight if you'll let Him. He can change you. He can encourage you. He can strengthen you. He can move in you. Quit being satisfied with something else. Quit being satisfied with something else. Counterfeit. False. Fake. Weak unsatisfying. It says that Moses chose rather to suffer the afflictions with God's people than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. This verse says, but as for me, I'm filled with power, with the spirit of the Lord and with justice and might to do what? To declare to Jacob his transgression and to Israel his sin. We start off 
getting more hungry for the Lord as we clean out our own hearts, as we set aside any transgression, any sin. We set, we throw those things aside. We come and we run and we fall at the altar and say, God, I need to be filled with your power. I'm so tired of being satisfied with other things. Lord, only you can satisfy us tonight. Only you can bring to us what we need. Only you can take our fear and drive it out of us. Lord, only you can do these things. Give us the spirit without limit tonight, Lord. Give us your presence without ending tonight, Lord. You can receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. You can receive power to be His witness, to declare sin, to do whatever is needed. You can have the power that you need. You are not helpless. You are not a victim. You need the power of God at work in your life. As JJ and the worship team comes up, if we as evil fathers know how to give good gifts to our children, Luke eleven thirteen says, how much more will God grant to us his very Holy Spirit for those who ask him? How much more will your father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who are actually asking? Well, pastor, I've already been filled with the spirit. Really? You're walking in the Holy Spirit without limit tonight. That's the standard. That's what we're shooting for. I've done all I can do to compel you tonight. I'm talking about the very presence of God. I need you to respond to the Lord tonight. I need you to see if you're actually hungry or not. I want to long for His presence. I'm longing for His presence. If I could make you feel what I'm feeling now, I would. But I'm trusting that the Lord will do that for you. That if you will allow Him, He can move on you. He can revive you. He can refresh you. Would you stand to your feet with me now?